Day, the day that we celebrate Memorial Day. Memorial Day is a kind of special day. It's a day that we remember. Remember those who made it possible for us to sit here and freedom today. Uh, I pray that as you go throughout the day, you remember all those who have made life quite a bit better for you. Do we have a slide with uh, John 17, 20 through 26 on it? Excellent. Please rise. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be as one as the Father art in me and I in thee, that they may also be one in us, that the word may believe that thou hast sent me, I'm sorry, the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, in them and through them in me. And they may be made perfect in one, and the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou, thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee. And these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto you and unto them thy name. And I will declare it, that the love wherewithal thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Please be seated. My sermon this morning is titled, Like a Mighty Army, and it's taken from the text in John 17, 20 through 26. One of the songs that is falling into disfavor with many Christians, especially since the Vietnam War, is the grand old hymn, Onward, Christian Soldiers. It's too militaristic, say some, and perhaps it is, as we need to be reminded that early Christians refused to bear arms. They trusted in God and not the weapons of war. Christians must always regard war as a drastic action reserved for the most desperate of situations. Others say onward Christian soldier is too triumphantist. It is not sensitive to the presence of people of other religions persuasions in the world. This is increasingly a concern in our own land since many Christians today live side by side with Jews and Muslims, and Hindus and Buddhists. Our friends and neighbors of other religious persuasions might get a little nervous if we marched out of here in lockstep singing 
forward into battle, see his banners go. Still on this Memorial Day weekend, when we remember all those who have died in the Lord, but particularly those in uniform who died serving our country. It would be well to use the metaphor of an army to remind us of the particular characteristics of the Church of Jesus Christ. For many ways, the Church of Jesus Christ is like an army. One way the Church is like an army is in its unity. In our lesson for the day, Jesus prays that they may all be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the word, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Jesus prayed that we would be one. <clears throat> Jesus prayed that our church would be characterized by unity. That doesn't just mean that we won't be bickering or fighting. It means that there will be for one another. It means that we will lift one another up in times of need. In the newsletter, Net Results, a story is told concerning the distinguished pastor, Dr. Dale Galloway, who is now on the faculty of Asbury Theological Seminary. Dr. Galloway had the joy of building a scratch from scratch a 6,400-member church in Portland, Oregon. The church called New Hope Community Church. Galloway tells the story of a single mother who belonged to the church, along with her son. She was involved in a women's group at the church, and one of the members of that group said, Donna, you look yellow. Have you been to a doctor? Donna said that she couldn't afford insurance, and the group took up an offering and sent her for a checkup. The doctor found a serious problem with her liver, and without a liver transplant, in the next six weeks, she would die. Doctors told her that specialists in a hospital in Texas could perform the operation for $140,000. This was at least 10 years ago. The situation appeared to be impossible. The women of the small group went to talk to the pastor about whether the church could do something for Donna. And the pastor was troubled. They were completing an addition and were $400,000 in debt. He was, he was convinced that the church was financially tapped out and that he was losing sleep over money as it was. But as he prayed about Donna's situation, he was convinced that the church had to help. A lay leader whose business was known across the city agreed to honorary chair the effort. It would be called Save My Mom. Another person volunteered to give the next six weeks working full-time on the project. That Sunday, the pastor shared the need for the mother with his congregation and was shocked when $60,000 in cash was given. The next day, the pastor received an invitation to testify before the Oregon legislature with Donna about the issue of the people who couldn't afford insurance. A major newspaper took a picture and ran it on the front page. People started bringing jars of money from bars. 
kids and their allowance. TV stations joined in the publicity. The effort raised $220,000 in seven days. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Donna, check in hand, went to Texas for a transplant. A decade later, when people talk about the church, they don't talk about the new building. They talk about the love and the caring that a mother received. And that's how Jesus wants us to be. Someone has said that the church is the only army that shoots its wounded. And what a terrible indictment of us as people. Often when people fail for one reason or another, they drop out of the church. They don't want anybody to know. Heaven help us if that should occur in this church. We are a family. We are the body of Christ. Jesus prayed that we would be unified so that the world might believe in the reality of God. That brings us to the second way in the church is like an army. The church is like an army in its purposefulness. An army that forgets its purpose is in trouble. The late Dr. Clarence McCarthy, a famous Presbyterian pastor from Pittsburgh, often told his congregation of a dream he had. In the dream, he saw the Lord seated upon his throne. And on the other side of his throne stood the great angels, Ural, the angel of light, Raphael, the angel of reason, Michael, the angel of the sword, and Gabriel, the angel of holy song. Before the throne stood another angel, the angel of the book. And by his side, a mortal. And the Lord on the throne said to the angel of the book, Who is this that you have brought? And what are his claims? The angel looked in the book and said, O king, this man was a great inventor and shed light on the pathway of man through the world. And the Lord said, Send him up and let him stand here by the side of Ural, the angel of light. Then the angel of the book brought forth another man before the throne, and the king looked at him and said, Who is this, and what are his claims? And the angel looked at the book and said, This man was a great philosopher and thinker, who taught great thoughts about thee. And the Lord said, Send him up, and let him stand here by the side of Raphael, the angel of reason. Then the angel brought forth the third man before the throne, and the king looked upon him and said, Who is this? And what are his claims? The angel looked at the book and said, This was a great patriot. And with a sword he delivered the people out of the hands of, the of despots and tyrants. And the Lord said, Send him up. Let him stand next to Michael, the angel of the sword. Then the angel brought the fourth man up. And the Lord said, Who is this? And what are his claims? The angel said, this man sang holy songs in praise of God, some of which still echo through the church of the living God. And the Lord said, stand him up and let him stand beside Gabriel, the angel of the holy song. Then the angel brought forth the fifth one. And when I saw him, said McCarthy, I wondered who he was and why he had been brought before the throne. For in this person I saw no note of greatness, 
and in his eye no flash of genius. The king looked upon him and said, Who is this, and what are his claims? And the angel looked in the book and said, This man worked in a factory and won ten souls for Christ. At that moment, all heaven rang out in a great shout. Angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, and all the host, the redeemed, rejoiced over ten lost souls that had been redeemed. Let us be clear about our purpose, as we are to save those who are lost. Now, Christians define loss in different ways. Some people count anyone who does not believe in Jesus Christ as lost. Others would say those who are oppressed and in an unjust society are lost. My own faith is that anyone who for any reason needs to experience the love of God as exemplified in Jesus Christ should be counted by us as lost who needs to be found. Our purpose as a congregation is to touch the life of anyone who is hurting, anyone who is feeling unloved, anyone who doesn't know why he or she is taking up space in the world. Our purpose is to be a beacon of hope to the hopeless, a beacon of joy for those who are in despair, a beacon of peace for those who are in torment, a beacon of love for those who have been used and abused. Our purpose is to reach people who need the love of Jesus. An army that forgets its key objective is in trouble. An army that gets too scattered in its purpose will be ineffective. In his book, Leadership for a Changing Church, Robert Dale uses the, analogies, uses the following analogy. Suppose you are walking down a real street in Flemington, New Jersey, and you read an actual sign, burgers, fries, shakes, and bait. Would that sign cause you to want to visit the establishment? Would you? Dale asked. Consider that in any store where the menu options might include a cheeseburger with a side of with a side order of night crawlers, to have its strategics have lost its strategic focus. We need to remember why we are in business. We are here to serve people in the name of Jesus Christ. A final way the church is to be like an army is in this devotion to its commander-in-chief. We have one leader as the church of Jesus Christ, and that is our risen Lord. More than 20 years ago, Jerry B. Jenkins wrote a book, The World's Strongest Man with Paul Anderson. Anderson was the 1956 Olympic weightlifting gold medalist. He stood 5'9", weighed 375 pounds. He was a very strong man, said Jenkins, not a bodybuilder. And to the uninformed, he might have appeared fat. Anderson's massive trunk allowed him to lift weights that competitors couldn't even imagine. One of his feats that may never be appreciated listed in the, gold, in the Guinness Book of World Records is that he, his back lift of more than three tons. Though Anderson often seemed, seemed self-promotional, promotional. those who knew him well knew better. 
The money he raised in countless strength shows was pumped into his boys' homes he ran in Georgia. He would announce what he planned to do, and then he would do it, whether lifting a table carrying 20 of its biggest people from the audience or driving a nail through two boards with only the hanky protecting his palm. Then he would announce, if I am the strongest man in the world, can't get through one day without Jesus Christ, what about you? Once in an airport, Anderson overheard a man saying, Jesus Christ, in anger. Anderson came up behind him, wrapped his arms around the man's waist, easily lifted him aloft, and said, Where is he? Referring to Christ. He's a friend of mine. The man, nearly frozen in fear, squirmed and looked down at the human fire hydrant, holding him in the air. And he said, the wrong thing. He said, oh my God. I dare say, Jenkins, that man never again took the Lord's name in vain, at least not without looking around first. Paul Anderson stood up for his commander-in-chief. Wouldn't it be great if all of us would, could be as forthright? Though I would warn against picking up strangers in airports and holding them above our heads, what would be even more effective would be carrying out the assignment the commander-in-chief has given us to seek out the sick and the dying and to bring them to Jesus. Dr. David Livingston was a Scottish missionary who traveled in Africa in the 1840s to spread the word of God. Africa was largely unexplored by the Europeans at the time and few maps existed of the continent. That didn't stop David. He willingly explored the vast reaches of territory and made meticulous maps as he went along. In 1869, Livingston lost contact with the outside world. Two years later, explorer Henry Stanley went to Africa and found him. Stanley found Livingston in a remote part of Africa. He was profoundly touched by the doctor's faith and courage. Stanley returned to England in 1873. News reached Henry Stanley that Dr. Livingston had died. He was found kneeling by his bedside in prayer. Not long afterwards, Henry Stanley returned to Africa to continue Dr. Livingston's work of mapping out the continent. He had been touched by the level of Livingston's commitment. Now he would ensure that Livingston's work had not been in vain. Memorial Day is a day for remembering that we walk in the footsteps of people with extraordinary commitment in their commander-in-chief. So even if onward Christian soldiers is not our faithful hymn, our favorite hymn, let it remind us that in some ways we are like an army in our unity, our chief purposefulness is, and in our devotion, our, in our commander-in-chief. Let us pray. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come before you and hear your words, to gather together as a church that we might support one another and strengthen one another. Father, we are so thankful we have in Jesus Christ, a high priest who hears our prayers and who answers them. And Father, how fortunate we are to have a church 
come and worship openly and freely. And Father, we are so thankful that we have the opportunity to take the things that you have taught us about yourself and to tell others and to lead others to yourself. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.